I don't know where I'd be if I didn't understand there was a deeper connection I can have with Christ. Do you need a spiritual spark? Are you feeling run down or run over? Are you ready to eliminate the spiritual ups and downs? This is Fresh Faith in Real Life. Let's restore life in your walk with Christ. We'll dive into our featured guest interviews, biblical devotional thoughts, answers to your questions, and more. Your walk with Christ isn't meant to be a performance. It's all about relationship. Let's get to know Jesus and experience fresh faith in real life. Here's John Fugler. Welcome to episode number eight and happy new year. Coming up on this episode, resolutions anyone? Faith and your future. A fireball guest who missed the boat, but boarded a few years later. And one listener asks, how do you know that you're forgiven of some great sin? This is Fresh Faith in Real Life, a ministry of Fresh Faith 24-7, where we lead you on a path to freedom from the bondage of performance Christianity. I'm John Fugler, a recovering performaholic for Jesus, an author of nine books, a husband, father, and grandfather of eight. And uh, most importantly, though, I want to know Jesus more each day. Paul said, what is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. I'm also the director of Fresh Faith 24-7. We lead you on a path to freedom in your walk with Christ. It is New Year's. Yeah, a few days into it. Resolutions. Have you made any? Have you already failed? <laughs> Yeah, that's why I don't make resolutions. But I, I was looking to see what other people did, and I found this from uh, a blogger, and uh, it's by Kay. Kay lives in Wyoming, and I got a link in the show notes where you can read this in more detail and see some scripture references. But she talks about 10 New Year's resolutions for Christians, and here they are in order. I don't know if they're any priority order, but she says, one, be a peacemaker. Two, only do things that are pleasing to God. Jesus did. Uh, in John 8, 29, it says, And he who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone, for I always do the things that are pleasing to him. The third resolution, always do the work of the Lord. Fourth, triumph in Christ. The fifth one, I find this really tough. Die to self every day. So six, New Year's resolution for Christians, walk by faith. 2 Corinthians 5, 6, and 7 tell us this, Therefore, being always of good courage and knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord, for we walk by faith, not by sight. Here's New Year's resolution number seven for Christians, always be rejoicing in the Lord. I find that one tough too. Number eight, give thanks for everything. Number nine, let Christ be exalted in my body. And here's number 10. The number 10 most, I'm going to say the most popular <laughs> Christian New Year's resolution. I don't know. Well, well, Kay lists this as number 10. I don't know if it's the easiest or the hardest. I'd say it's the hardest. Here it is. Two simple words. Number 10, be humble. Oh, you can read all those. Just click on the link in the show notes. Hey, do you have any New Year's resolutions? Uh, if you do, just uh, shout them out to me at, at John Fugler on Twitter. You can tweet me at John Fugler. How, how about goals? Goals for 2022. As I mentioned, I'm not a New Year's resolution guy, but I do set goals. 
I do set goals. And I want to help you as you set your goals for this year. Uh, have you grabbed your free download of the devotional I wrote to kick off 2022? You can get it now on my website, freshfaith247.com. It is digital, so you can have it in minutes. Yeah, just go get it. You can even pause here and go get it. It's called the 21-Day Fresh Faith Experience. And topics relate to your life, things like uh, prayer and God's will, building strong faith. We're going to talk about faith today. Jesus, my rescuer, and four encouraging words. Uh, you might be ready to start 2022 with a more regular time with Jesus. And, and this devotional will help you get into that habit. It's not too late to get started, just a few days into the year. Freshfaith247.com is a place to go. You click on 21 days, 21 day. And there's also a link in the show notes, again, where I put everything I talk about here. Got some good links there, so you don't have to remember these while you're driving, biking, on the treadmill, whatever you might be doing as you listen to this episode. Uh, this won't be available much longer, by the way. So if you need to hit pause and go get it, do that now. 21-Day Fresh Faith Experience at freshfaith247.com. Fresh Faith 24-7 is a movement of believers desperate to know Jesus. And we have a theme each month. And this month's theme is faith. And that's what we're going to talk about here in this episode is faith. As It's appropriate for the new year. First month of the year, first few days of the year, we want to walk by faith, right? No doubt about that. That's exactly what we want to do as believers. But sometimes we just need to have a little bit of encouragement to walk by faith. And that's what I hope that I'll be able to share with you today as we engage in this first episode of 2022. There was a time when my world was, was badly shaken and my stability became uncertainty. My comfort turned to insecurity. My future was in doubt. I was kind of shook up. And have you been there before? Maybe you're there right now, kicking off the new year and you feel like you just got kicked. <laughs> Well, it's a test of faith. And as we dig into faith, I just want to say a few words to kick this off for us. It's at times like this when we discover whether we've been, we've been playing Christianity or whether our faith is genuinely rooted in Christ. For me, that was a defining moment of faith. My future was cloudy. The life I knew for several years was about to change. My job, my income, even my location. Honestly, I didn't know what it would look like. Then I was reminded of my story, my story. And let me explain to bring you into the picture. Your life is a story that God's writing. That's pretty exciting. The Lord of the universe is so interested in you that he's writing your personal story. He's come down from heaven to get involved and to join you in the story. God's not a bystander. He's your intimate friend, your daddy. God loves you. God loves me. He's writing our story. Think about your life story so far, no matter how short or how long it's been. Consider the talents and skills the Lord's gifted you with and the, the ones that he's developed in you. Think about your education, whether it's formal or informal, what kinds of expertise God's developed in you. Think about family. God's placed you in your family for an eternal purpose. Discover it if you haven't already. Friends, trace your life and the relationships the Lord's blessed you with. He's brought these people into your life. How about work? 
You've grown in certain areas and you have years of experience unique to you. Then there's kingdom impact. How have you been used by God to advance his will and his work? As you think about the pieces of your life story, know that God's given you these things for you to best glorify him. That's what it's all about. And your story is still being written. Thanks to a good friend, I came to that realization when my world was shaken. And you bet my faith was awakened. I got excited about what God had for my unknown future. I began to see the possibilities as I considered how personally he'd written my story. I was ready for the next chapter. I was poised to see what kind of kingdom impact he had in store for me. Write your story. Write it out. Your story is so far in your life. Do that. Get out a journal, just a sheet of paper, start clicking away on your computer. Note the unique aspects that God's placed in your life. Some were wonderful, some painful. They're all part of your story that God's writing to prepare you for the future. His future. Here we are in the first few days of 2022. The days ahead are bright when you're walking by faith. Living in the center of God's will. When you're having the eternal impact we're designed for. Think about that. No matter what limitations you have, no matter what obstacles might be in the way, no matter what you see right now and what you might be experiencing right now, the important thing is to walk by faith, walking in the center of God's will. Let's go to our interview segment. This guy is a fireball. He's amazing. I spent some time with him in this interview and my head was spinning after I was done, but man, the message got through. His name is Dr. Joe Martin. He's the director of Real Men Connect. It's a mentoring and discipleship community for Christian men. He's also an award-winning international speaker, author, educator, and you'll know that he's an educator and teacher after the first five minutes of this interview. He's authored or co-authored nine books, including, here's one, Are You the Man? 201 Lessons I Wish My Dad Would Have Taught Me, or Man Accomplished. 50 Challenges to Help You Be the Man of God Made You to Be. And he's also the host of a podcast. They've got hundreds of episodes, and he hosts this, Real Men Connect. In fact, it's the number one top-rated podcast for Christian men on Apple Podcasts. Focuses on mentoring, training, discipling men on how to be amazing husbands, awesome fathers, and extraordinary leaders. I met Joe as a guest on his podcast, so I said at that time, Joe, I want you to have be on my podcast when I get this thing started. So it started, and Joe and I connected just a couple weeks ago and had a great time together. Let's go to that interview with Dr. Joe Martin. Dr. Joe, we're going to dig into your ministry and into your life, and thank you for taking the time to be with us here. John, thank you for having me on the show, man. I'm so blessed to be here, and I'm excited well, as we uh, prayed beforehand, we just want to let God guide this conversation. So let's do that. And I always like to start at the beginning of, of somebody's life uh, in your story. How did you come to know Christ? Wow. Um, it, it's like there's different chapters of me knowing Christ. I, I call it from religion to actually a real relationship to actual discipleship. Um, as far as Starting out, my mom, even when I was, I grew up in the one of the toughest inner city projects and ghettos in Miami, Florida, in a place called Liberty City. 
And so I was raised in the church. Um, I've even had some of my friends call it. So, oh, so you were a drug baby. Yeah, I was drugged to church <laughs> every Sunday. Whenever the doors were open, we were there. And so my mom it pretty much made us go to church. And I gave my life to Christ, even as a little boy getting baptized. And uh, I, I had a understanding who God was. And I understand, you know, giving my life over to Christ and everything. But I was young and I saw that it was about, you know, I saw it about religion. Okay, I know I'm not going to hell now because I believe that Jesus Christ died for my sins and I was saved, but um, it didn't go any further than that. And then also having um, people around me not actually living out their faith, because one thing to say Jesus is your savior. There's another thing to make him your Lord, where you're obeying what he's asking you to do and follow him as a disciple. So I didn't see anybody following him. I just knew that they believed in him. And I saw a lot of duplicity in behavior. And I didn't think much of it because I just thought that's what being a Christian is. You just give your life to Christ, but you can live any way you want to live after that. You're not transformed or anything. So most of my life after that was me knowing, quote, I was saved, but not going any deeper. I didn't know what the gospels were. Somebody asked me what the four gospels was. I didn't know what that was, even though I was saved. And I didn't, I didn't read my Bible. I didn't do any of that stuff to even learn more about God. So as I move on into um, getting to young adulthood, I get married, still believing, man, I, I, you know, I'm saved. Well, what ended up happening after that is I met one of my students. Um, I was a professor, ended up becoming um, a professor. And one of my students came really close to me and was looking up to me as a mentor. He ended up, um, there was a huge revival in Pensacola, Florida, years ago. I mean, it was a huge revival. I'm talking about it went like two or three years. It, it was crazy. Um, it was at um, Brownsville Assemblies of God. It was a huge movement. It was on 60 Minutes covering it. That's how big it was. I remember well, that. Yeah. Well, my friend, my best friend, who was, was my student at the time, um, he went to that and got saved. And he came back and he was still my friend. So he's coming back. I see a totally different person totally different. And this is the same kid. I say, kid, I was a young professor. I was the youngest professor um, ever hired to teach in the state of Florida at the age of 24. So he was only like 19. So it's not like it's that big of an age gap, you know? And so I saw him transform because I knew what kind of student he was. And he was in a fraternity. He was wild, partying, drinking, all this other stuff. And he was totally transformed. And it kind of freaked me out because I know God. I didn't see a transformation like that. Right. And I'm thinking, OK, how long will this last? This can't be serious because I'm used to watching people not be really followers of their faith. And I noticed that he lost all of his friends. And I was about to pull away from him because he was making me a little bit uncomfortable because he was on fire for the Lord. And if he could witness to anybody, he's witnessing. Right. And but I just couldn't pull away. I couldn't pull away. And eventually he um, met with me in my office and he, you got to understand, he's very extroverted, very confident, but he was nervous and scared. And he witnessed to me, I ended up in, in tears. He led me back to rededicate my, rededicate my life to Christ. Wow. So now um, I now understood, wow, you got to have a real relationship with him where your life is transformed. And so that happened and that should be the end of the story, Right. End of the story. I'm thinking I got it now. Okay. I had religion. Now I have relationship. Everything's going to be great. 
You, you well, arrived. You're at yeah, your I've destination. Arrived now. now I get it now. Now I understand what we were doing. When we were kids. That wasn't the real thing. This is the real thing. And it was a real encounter. Right. And so um, I get offered another teaching job at, a, at one of my dream schools. It was um, historically black university, HBCU in Tallahassee, which is like three hours away from where I was teaching. And so I was leaving and John is crying. That's my friend. <laughs> he's, he's now graduated from college. And he's crying. I said, dude, what are you crying? He said, I don't believe God wants you to go there like that, right? He says, I don't believe it. I said, why would you say that? He says, because you got everything here. He said, because I was in Promise Keepers. Remember Promise Keepers, John? Yes. Yep. I was in Promise Keepers. We had a great group together, a group of men. Wow, you were growing. You, yeah, you I was growing. growing right. So I'm growing. And he's thinking, why would God pull you away from you? God is not pulling you away from this. Why would he pull you away? You're not going to have the support because the Internet wasn't big. We didn't have the Internet back then. You know, and so there was no Zoom. <laughs> you know, so he's thinking. You okay. actually had to meet with people. Yeah, in you had to, person. had to meet them in person. Wow, <laughs> right. what, what a novel what a, idea! What a concept. You know, so um, I ended up leaving, going to move, move my family to another city. I had a young child, and guess what? I lost connection with community. I lost connection with John. I lost connection with the brothers that I had at Promise Keepers, and slowly but surely. I started compromising and I said compromise leads to corrosion and corrosion leads to corruption and corruption leads to collapse. And I ended up falling into an addiction, uh, porn and sex addiction that ended up ruining um, a 16 year marriage mm -hmm. and almost destroyed my life. I mean, it was devastating. And I kept it all from John because there was no internet, all this contact. And so when I finally hit rock bottom, and I realized that God was the rock at the bottom. My wife had left. Um, I was in an empty house that we had just purchased um, with no furniture in it. And how did I get here? And I called John and told John I had to, when I went through uh, recovery, I, I was in um, Celebrate Recovery, SAA. And I did that for seven years um, to get help. And of course, you know, part of the 12-step program is to make amends. Mm -hmm. So I had, I couldn't keep this from John. So I had to tell him. What happened? He wept and he cried with me. He said, Joey, I knew you shouldn't have left. I knew you shouldn't have left. I said, yeah, man. I said, yeah, but man, I got to I'm starting all over again. I got to start back from the bottom. And he started teaching me how to have a relationship with God by teaching me how to do a quiet time. And when he taught me how to do a quiet time with God, first thing I asked John, I said, John, when you witnessed to me, why didn't you teach me this? when you first led me back to Christ. And you know what his response was, John? He said, um, I thought you knew. Mm. See, and that's the problem, John. We assume people who we lead to Christ know how to build on that relationship and build deep roots. Now, it's just it's kind of funny and ironic now because in what I do now in my ministry, we assume nobody knows. I don't care if you come in as a pastor, we're teaching you how to have an intimate personal relationship with Christ. And we do have pastors who were discipling and see what I was missing. I realized, Oh, I had religion. Then I had relationship, but there was one other missing component, discipleship. Mm. And John started it. But then I met an older man who came into my life and I witnessed him in front of his family and how he was discipling them. And I'd never seen anything like that before. And he included me in it. And he taught me how to, not only did he disciple me, he taught me how to disciple others. And he didn't have, he had no idea it was going to lead to me starting an organization that's global now. 
But it was because it, so John was the impetus that started it all. But Howard came in, Howard Mintz's his name, came in and helped me understand the power of discipleship. So I realize now that as soon as somebody gives their life to Christ, you can't just bring them to the cross. You got to teach them how to carry that cross and you got to walk alongside of them. You can't just throw a book at them. You have to walk alongside them. Jesus walked alongside the disciples for three years. He talked with them. He prayed with them. He wept with them. He ate with, he did everything with them. And so that's what we're mimicking in our organization, that we're not a church. We're not a Bible study. We're not even a typical men's group. We are a discipleship organization. We do life together 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days out of the year. We take no days off, John. Hmm. Even though there's holidays, even on Christmas or the holidays, they can pick up the phone and call any brother. Man, That's I know awesome. you with your family around the fireplace, but dude, I'm about to jump off this ledge. Talk to me, pray with me. And that's part of life. Life doesn't stop on holidays. Life doesn't stop because you got to go to work. As you look back on that time with John and Mm -hmm. he he says, I thought you're already having a quiet time. Yeah. How did he walk with you through that? I mean, that was the beginning of discipleship for you. And here you are a discipler of men now. So as we close the gap, how did he work with you on that to get you into quiet time mode as a, as a, habit. Oh, it, it was funny, man. And I teach guys this now what he did. And this is not the conventional way of doing it. <laughs> he says, remember, there's no internet. Okay. This we don't, we're not having the internet and all this other stuff. And so there's no other communication we have is the phone. It wasn't even a cell phone. It was the real phone that you can actually, <laughs> that has a wire to it. <laughs> One of those. So, wow. We'll have to Google that and see what yeah, it looks like. What that looks like. But, um, well, he called me up one day after he knew I, you know, after he knew that I was alone now and he didn't want me to be alone again. So he says, Joe, I want to do something with you. I said, sure. What's that? He says, um, um, I want to challenge you to do something for 40 days. We're going to read our Bibles. I said, oh, I read my Bible anyway. Like that, right? He said, no, 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 no. Not the way I'm talking about it. I said, what do you mean? He said, we're only going to read one chapter a day. No more than one. I said, okay. He says, here's what we're going to do. We're going to read one chapter a day then after we read that chapter, we're going to ask God some questions. And then we're going to listen to the Holy Spirit. And then we're going to journal what God says. Right. I'm like, what? That seems so foreign to me, John. Hey, wait a minute. Now, let me get this right. I'm going to read and then I'm going to talk to God and then God's going to speak to me and I'm going to write down what God says. He said, yeah, absolutely. I said, John, I can't do that. He said, Joe, you love to write. I said, yeah, my thoughts. <laughs> and I said, I don't know. I, I, don't, I never heard from God. He said, yes, you do. You're just not listening. He says, we're just going to do it for 40 days. He said, trust me, I'll walk with you through it. He said, but here's the thing we're going to do. He said, since I can't watch you and know that you're doing it, Joe, we're going to keep this on the honor system. We can't break a day. If we break a day and we don't, if we skip a day, we have to um, exchange iPods. You got to, you got, you got to send me your iPod. Remember when, he, when iPods first came <laughs> yeah. out? He said, you got to send me your iPod. Now, you got to understand, that's when you actually had to pay for music, John. I had over 2,500 songs on that. So do the math. If songs are about a dollar or a dollar 50 each, you know, I'm like, I am not giving you my, <laughs> my iPod. He said, if you lose, you're going to have to give it. I said, all right, all right, all right, all right. And so I did it with him. I said, John, I'm just scared, man. What if I don't hear it? What if the paper is just blank? He said, trust me, Joe. When you ask him, he will speak. I'm telling you. He said, I'm going to give you the questions 
And all you got to do is write down what the spirit speaks to you. Trust me, just do it by a step of faith. And he gave me some questions. And the questions that he asked me to ask, and I've been doing it now for 16 years since. The question is, when you read the text, ask yourself, Joe, ask God, God, based on what I just read, what sin do I need to confess? God, I just read this chapter. God, what promise can I claim for hope? God, I just read this chapter. God, what attitude of my heart do I need to change that grieves your spirit? God, I'm reading this text right here. God, I know the Ten Commandments, but based on this, what command do you want me to obey right now so I can walk in righteousness? And then the last question he, he told me to ask, he says, God, based on what I just read here, who's a good example other than Christ that I could study and watch and mimic and imitate to say, if he could do it, I could do it. Now, check this out, John. I started out by asking those questions. Now, here's something I learned. God does speak all the time. You just got to be paying attention. Do you know in 16 years, I've asked that question, God, what sin do I need to confess? The Holy Spirit has never said this. No, you good today. <laughs> Perfect, Joe. You got it. You nailed it today. No, John, in 16 years, just this morning, this morning, wow. sin is still being revealed to me. And John, John was right. And, I, and But it started out me just writing a word. You know, pride is my sin I need to confess, right? Then guess what ended up happening as I kept doing it more? Then it turned into a sentence on each question. Mm. Then it started turning into paragraphs. And I don't know if you can see behind me, if I move my chair, there's some notebooks. Yeah. Those notebooks are full of 16 years of journaling. Now I have devotionals. Nobody, I never had to buy another devotional. I just go back and read my own. <laughs> And now I can leave it to my family, John, as a legacy so they can say, bam, back in 2007, <laughs> this is what dad was. You know, they can go back and read. And it's just been amazing. So, so that what was is my this, journey. What has this practice done? And uh, I'm going to go back and say, okay, 40 days. And mm -hmm. I assume you still have your iPod. So you made it through your 40 days. Yeah, I didn't lose. And he I, didn't lose either. It was a stalemate. What, what, changed my what life. difference did it make at the end of 40 days? It made God real. Um, I, it was sort of like, I'm thinking, what did I have before this? Right? It convinced me that God is real. And people say, well, how do you know, Joe, that, well, that was God and it wasn't you and it wasn't this? And that. You know how you know that is God? Because when you ask the question and you get the answer, you know you wouldn't say that. But yet what was said doesn't condemn you. It restores you. It convicts you and restores you. Oh, if I here's a great example. On our podcast, John, we have something called Real Men Check-ins. We have our interview where I interview guests like you, and we have our check-ins. Check-ins are just wait for it, John. Me sharing my quiet time. Okay, because I've, so, I've I've listened to some of those. Those are some most of them. I would say probably eighty percent of them from my quiet time. Okay. And now, when I'm sharing that, I'm telling you, a lot of that is me confessing stuff. Think about this. I don't want to confess anything. I don't, that's, that, that's when I see it's your voice when you're trying to protect yourself because you don't want to trust. You don't want to open up because you may be open up to rejection. You may be open up to um, betrayal, to judgment, to ridicule. And so when God speaks to you, he's saying, trust me, I know this is going to hurt, 
but I'm going to restore you. And it, 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 it's hard. It's like trying to tell somebody what ice cream tastes like if you'd ever tasted it before. Try it. And when you do it, you will become addicted to meeting with God because you can go to him naked and unashamed. Now, when I sin, I don't run away from God. I run towards him because I know he's going to restore me. The, the devil is not going to do that. And guess what? Even I'm not going to do it because you know what I'm going to do? Beat myself up with what? Guilt. Mm -hmm. I'm not worthy, God. Please, God. No, you don't want to listen. You can't like me anymore now, God. And guess what? And this, that voice says, conviction. Oh, I know I'm guilty, God. He says, yes, but you are my adopted. This is what my son died for. You know how much I love you because I wouldn't have sacrificed him for you. Mm. I would never leave you nor forsake you. All this stuff. I'm, I'm horrible at Bible memory verses, right? It's amazing when I'm in my quiet time, all the verses that come back to me. That's not me, John. Where is that coming from? That's the Holy Spirit connecting yeah. with my inner man. Oh, I'm about to lose it right now. now as I hear you me. speak, Joe, the word that comes to mind is transparency. Mm -hmm. Transparency. You're being transparent with God. Right. But you're also being transparent with others. I mean, when you go on your podcast and you, you share these things, I'm sharing like, well, that. Okay, yeah. These are, these are uh, for everybody to hear <laughs> now <Yeah>. and forever. <laughs> Amen. Right. I'm already um, looking at the one we get ready to release right now. And I'm like, God, you really want me to share that? I said, that was you. That was between me and you. But he says, no, I want you to take that to the world. And John, if I, I, every time John and I have now known each other now for about going on 28 years. And I said, and every time he said, Joe, why do you keep thanking me? For showing you that, I said, John, it's not about you, but man, I don't know where I'd be if I didn't understand there was a deeper connection I could have with Christ. I didn't know. I didn't know. And now I'm trying to teach as many men as possible how to do that. And that's that's been. And every time I, I we have a lot of guys in our organization now, and I always ask them. I said, tell me. I said, you've been with us now four years, three years, two years, and I said, um. What has been the most surprising thing? What has been the most beneficial thing for you? Do you know, overwhelmingly, almost 100% of the guy says, man, I didn't understand the importance of a quiet time until I came to this organization. We're going to get back to more because there is more meat in that interview. So hang on. But we thought we'd take a little breather here. So breath, breathe in, breathe out. And uh, you know, if you're enjoying this podcast, do two things for me. Share it with a friend. If what you've heard has been helpful to you, don't keep it to yourself, but share it with a friend. And secondly, you could also hit the subscribe button because I'll have another episode for you next Wednesday. And I'd love for you to listen. And each week you'll be notified when the podcast is available. So share it with a friend, hit a subscribe button. FreshFaith247.com is where you go to get your free devotional to kick off 2022. I mentioned it to you. Have you grabbed it yet? <laughs> if not, go get it. It's digital. You can have it in minutes. The 21-day Fresh Faith Experience. I talked about it earlier in the show. Great topics, prayer and God's will, building strong faith, Jesus, my rescuer, four encouraging words. I mean, this is, talk about Fresh Faith in real life podcast. This devotional is Fresh Faith in real life. You also get with this a free membership in Fresh Faith 24-7. So when you download the devotional, the information will be in there to be able to claim your free membership and you can join us in our community here. Great way to start 2022. 
You can get get it right now. Start right in. Uh, build a regular time with Jesus. <laughs> As you've heard, we need to have a regular time with Jesus. <laughs> and this devotional will help you get into that habit. And yeah, it's a devotional, but it isn't your time with Jesus. This is more of a kickoff uh, to ignite you in your time with Jesus, which should go into much more depth and your quiet time being much more thorough than just a short devotional. But I want to get you off on the right foot. I want to ignite you with that. Go to freshfaith247.com, click 21 day, and there's also a link in the show notes. It won't be available much longer, and you want to make sure you get it now or right after you're done listening to this show. As we get into part two of my interview with Dr. Joe Martin, I invite you to stick around afterwards because I've got a powerful listener question. My first listener question, and man, it is, it's heavy. It's a doozy. And we're going to try to answer that after we hear more from Dr. Joe. Let's go back to that interview. You've touched on something here that I know a lot of our listeners deal with, and maybe they're not, they don't admit it, but the way you have talked about it kind of gets them interested and maybe convicted at this point as to, well, I wonder if my quiet time really is deep. Mm-hmm. Uh, and am I transparent with the Lord? What do you, how do you take somebody, your men from where they're at to this depth of relationship with Jesus in their time with him? Well, you got to do it alongside of them. And John, I don't, I'm not trying to indict the church, um, but that's where we're falling short as a church. We come together on Sundays now watch this, and please, I know somebody's going to go hate me for saying this, but I got to speak the truth. Shame the devil, <laughs> okay? <laughs> I said, I asked the average person this. Maybe you're listening out there listening. I asked them, "Do you have a relationship with God?" Yes. I said, "How do you know?" And this is what they say. They said, "Well, I read my Bible." I said, "Great." So you read your Bible. I said, "What else do you do?" I pray. Oh, that's awesome! Great. Um, I worship and praise God. Oh, that's great. That's not nice. What else do you do? I go to church on a regular basis. Wonderful. What else do you? Oh, and I, I go to Bible study on Wednesday nights and we study the Bible. Great. I said, that doesn't mean you have a relationship with God. <gasps> I said, what? I said, let me make this more plain. Let's take God out of the equation. Let's say your wife. This is what I do with men. Let's say your wife, John, your wife. Now, let me get this right, John. You said you have a great relationship with your wife because you read about her, <laughs> okay, <laughs> every day. You ask her for stuff all the time, prayer. You worship and praise her, brag about how great she is all the time. You go to a place where other people talk about your wife too, right? And on on, and on, on Wednesdays, you actually read to study more about her. What kind of relationship would you have with your wife after 30 years? That's a monologue. Hmm. That's not a dialogue. Not once did you tell me you know your wife's heart, that you've exposed your heart to your wife. Not once did you say that you've confessed to her and she shared the innermost thoughts that she's having in her heart. See, that's what's missing. So you said, how do you do it? We walk alongside of them and we ask them about it. We talk to them about it. We ask them questions about it. Every time we meet with guys, we ask the question, man, how was your quiet time this week? Oh, you didn't have a quiet. What's going on, John? Do you need more training on how to do this? Do you want to do it with me? 
Do I need to walk you through this again? We make sure that you are doing it and we're asking you questions about it until you can walk. In other words, we're helping you crawl, helping you get up, stand up like a little baby until you can walk, until you can start running. And then guess what we do? John, go teach another person how to do it. Starting with your family, Mm. how to do that. And the thing is, we're not discipling people. We're just giving to them and saying, okay, go for it. That's why I assume nobody knows how to do it. Pastors who come to us, we teach them. Even I've had pastors tell me, John, man, they know more Bible than I do. They know more about God than I do, but they don't have that relationship with God that I have. Mm-hmm. They, Joe, Joe, I want that, but you know more about, you went to seminary school. You went, yeah, Joe, to learn a lot about God. But you're, you, you actually seem like you're coming from his presence. Guess what? It's available to all of us, but we need to be shown and taught how to do it. When we think about our relationship with God. You talk about a quiet time and people are saying, well, that's pretty basic. You know, right. meeting with God every morning and spending time with him. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's, I mean, yeah, what's next? No How can I get, you know, move ahead of my relationship with the Lord, but success meeting with, with Jesus each day. I mean, that's not boring. No, but that habit, we could no. say, well, I'll just do that every day. But as you get further into it, there's that richness that the re- your relationship with the Lord just blooms at that, that uh, getting to know him. He knows you. And that is the, the building block for everything we do. It's all relationship centered. John, you want me to share something that I think I could convince anybody they're listening um, to kind of give them a mental picture that they sure. can relate to, to understand what you just said. Sure. Uh, that. Because it's it's hard because we can't put it into words unless you do it. But here's the closest I've got to explaining what that's like. And anybody who has kids, they can can relate to this. Now, John, I'm going to paint this scenario, okay? Um, You're over at my house. And let's say I have my my kids are now out of the house. They're young adults. Now, we're empty nesters. But remember when your kids were like, soon they learn how to walk, one or two. Okay. Mm-hmm. And they were still in diapers. Remember when they were still in diapers, but learn, just learning how to walk. So imagine you're coming over to my house, you and your wife, we got company. This is happening to anybody who has a child. They know what I'm talking about. You're, you know, the guys are in the living room and everything, y'all talking and the women, maybe someplace else and everything like that. Then all of a sudden the baby comes walking out for some reason, able to get out of that doggone diaper and is walking naked into the living room in front of all of your company, right? And you ter- and then the parents are terrible <gasps> because they could have poop all on them, urine, it's a nasty, right? But you ever notice the reaction of everybody else in the living room or wherever you're congregating? Oh, that's so, they, look, it's so adorable. Look at the kitty, look at that baby. But the parents are freaking out. Would you put some, put a doc, grab that baby. Put something on that baby, right? Now watch this. The baby is not crying. The baby is having a good old time. Is that baby thinking about how they smell? No. Is that baby thinking about how they look? Is that baby thinking, that, oh, I got these little fat rolls around my stomach. And look how these people are laughing at me. I'm so embarrassed. I'm so ashamed. They're laughing. The baby is, you know what the baby is doing? Beelining to the father and is trying to climb into his lap. Oh, the listeners got to hear what I'm saying. And the daddy even looks a little bit weird, like, oh, but see, that's, but the father doesn't receive me that way in my quiet time. With all my poop, the urine smell, 
my baby fat rolls while everybody's laughing at me, pointing fingers. The father's not pushing me away, telling me I stink. He says, come, come, get into my lap. Come here, baby. Come here. Yes. And he holds me. Who else is going to do that for me? You? My wife won't do it. Only God, only a father who loves like that will welcome me every day. I don't care how you smell. I don't care how you look. Come into my lap. Why wouldn't I want to be there, John? Where else would I want to be working? On my computer? In a bar? I want to be in the father's lap. In his presence. That's the only way I can explain it, John. Every morning, he's inviting me to come into his lap. And guess what I said? God, what sin do I need to confess? That's why he said, he never says nothing. He says, bring it here. Bring it. Naked and unashamed. That's why I go to him. Because I can't go anywhere else without people looking at me funny when I come naked and ashamed. Try walking outside naked and watch the reactions. Show up at your job naked and watch the reaction. Show up at daycare to pick up your kid naked and watch what happens. People are going to look at you funny. And even if you got clothes on and you become naked, transparent with your emotions, people might look at you funny. God doesn't. He just embraces you. It's the That's safe what, place to be. The I, safest I, place on earth to be. And I haven't found anything better, John. Not even close. I love that illustration. I, I mean, it just can picture that. And my quiet time is going to be different tomorrow. <laughs> Seriously. You'll yourself with a diaper hanging off. That's right. I'm going to, I'm going to frame a diaper on the wall just as a reminder. I love a it. clean one. Um, I love it. I no, love but it. just what I you're saying it. there, Joe, is it's so true. Yeah. It's, I love that perspective. And, and how does a, how does a person move into that, that transparency? I mean, it didn't happen overnight for you. I guess the journaling, just continuing to have quiet times. And what, the journaling starts what it. did God break down in your life so that you could see your father as the loving father that he is? Well, it ends up, and I'll give you another example. And this is what I teach guys too, as well. I said, um, it starts with, um, identity. Okay. And then it moves into intimacy and I don't want to keep it spiritual. I'm gonna make it practical. Okay. How do you do that? Think about for the men out there listening, cause I'm always talking to men. So I'm always referencing men all the time. Think about when you first met, remember when you first laid eyes on your wife. Okay. Before she was your wife, you saw this woman and I'm just paraphrasing it. Oh my goodness. She is hot. <laughs> like <that right? laughs> I think I might want to talk to her. Oh my goodness, but she doesn't know me from anybody. Man, I think, I wonder if she's going to reject me. I want to, but I feel like I got to approach her because if I don't, I might miss this opportunity. So John, you saw her and you made your approach and you, you know, you had your, your, your game on like, man, I'm going to say this line. I'm going to say this. I'm going to try with this. I'm going to open with this. And so you went to talk to her, but she didn't reject you, but you didn't know her. You just met her. Now that you met her, you decide to get even bolder. Can I meet with you again? Called a date, right? <laughs> Can I take you out sometime? Because you just met her. Can I take you out sometime? Yeah, sure. Yeah, we can go out sometime. Oh, really? You'll meet with me? All right. So you went and took her out on a date. On that date, you're asking her questions. She's asking you questions. And you're noticing something. Wow, I am really digging her. 
she is interesting. Man, can we go on another date? Sure, John, let's go out another date. Then you keep going out on more dates. And now, John, you're feeling something on the inside. Wow, I'm getting to know more and more about her. Could it be? Is it possible? I think I'm falling in love with her. I'm falling in love with her. Now you're nervous because you're falling in love with her and you're still taking out on dates. You still meet with her. I think I may ask her to marry me because she's getting to know you and you're going to know how much she loves you because you're going to ask her, will you marry me? And she says, yes. Then you decide to become one and you give everything you have to her. She gives everything to you and you become one. Now, I know what the listener's thinking. What does it got to do with what John just asked Joe about how do you do this? I just explained it to you. You think you know God. You've been checking him out. Why don't you go approach him? Start there. Just holler at him. Hey, what's up? Hey, can I talk to you for a second? Hey, my name is Joe. Can we go out on a date? Matter of fact, let's meet at 530 in my basement. 530. Just want to get to know you. It's no, nothing, it's no big, no commitment. Just want to get to know you. Sure. Come get to know me. Wow. I meet with him at 530 in the morning. Hmm. I can ask you anything. Yeah, sure. Wow. I didn't know that about you. Wow. How you knew that about me? Oh, my goodness, John. I think I may be falling in love with him but he would never want somebody like me. But he seems to know everything about me now, but he still keeps wanting to meet with me. Could I, should I ask to be one with him and ask him for his hand? And the only difference is I already extended my hand before you asked. Mm. I just need you to respond. See, I always relate my relationship with the father to two things, John my relationship with my wife, my relationship with my children. And, but you know what the word says, but we need to receive him like little children. We are the bride of Christ. And so how do you do it? Approach him. Guess what I, guess what you don't do when you first met your wife? You didn't say, Hey, can I talk to you? Will you marry me? You had to know who she was identity. She had to know who you were. She don't know if you're a serial killer identity then from the identity oh i know who you are you know about me now let's build some intimacy well if you build intimacy now i'm going to lose myself for you you'll lose yourself for me now let's take this to the next level i don't want to just date you i want to marry you i don't want you to be I, i want to define our relationship i don't want our relationship to be complicated i want to make this a commitment no more gods for me of money, sex, alcohol, drugs, pornography, work, working out. Don't no, those guys, I'm they're done. It's only you. I'm giving everything to you. I want to make a commit, I want to commit my life to you. So, John, I don't want them to think it's super spiritual. You've been doing it your whole life just with the wrong people. Go to the father who made you, who created you. And do the same. And here's the ironic thing about it, John. When you do it, the father, all your other relationships get better. Whoa. I'm a better husband. I'm a better father. Who saw that coming? 
because you can't enter the father's presence and leave it the same way you came in. He's not going to help you and hurt all your other relationships. He's going to help you. So all the other relationships that matter will get better. Now I can't give you more an incentive to run to the father than that. Joe, this has been, this has been meat. I mean, we've come to the table here and uh, this is, there's so much to chew on so much to chew on. I, I, your passion, you make it so clear in how we can go deeper with our relationship with the Lord. Your ministry, Real Men Connect, your podcast, Real Men Connect. You got you picked the word connect for a reason, and I, yeah. I'm getting it here as we talk with now. you. But yeah. <laughs> uh, else a couple uh, for a couple minutes here, share about Real Men Connect because there's some men on here that would want to get involved in that and listen to the podcast. And um, you you, re, you referred to it a little bit, but dive in and just give us uh, give us an overview. All Real Men Connect is we help Christian men win at what matters most. That's it. And so, and what we do, we do that through helping by discipling them, build, putting the, giving them accountability, giving them support, giving them encouragement, doing life with them so no man ever has to do life alone again. Because that's the problem. We get into a problem, John, when we try to do life by ourselves. Mm. God made us to be relational beings. The first relationship wasn't Adam and Eve. The first relationship was um, God and Adam. And he says, it is good. Adam never complained about not Eve not being there. God was the one says, hmm, I made all these um, mates for all these, others, but not for Adam. I've had Adam all to myself. You know what? It's not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him, not to be a replacement for him, suitable for him, not a replacement for God. And so he gave him Eve. But it's about relationships. So men, we struggle with relationships. And the reason why we struggle with relationships, because we've been betrayed, we've been hurt, we've been traumatized. Maybe we had a, not a great relationship with our dad or with our mom. And then we're walking around thinking, I got this. I can do this by myself. Let me ask a question. How's that been working out for you? No man has ever achieved anything great by themselves. Even Jesus did. Jesus had the disciples, but he also had the Father and the Holy Spirit. But yet we still believe in our heads that if it is to be, it is up to me. So we created Real Men Connect to say, you don't have to do life alone. Which I don't know who I can trust. We've eliminated that because we got men who felt the same way you did. And now we're in community together. So guess what they can all say to you? I felt the exact same way too. And we make sure that if you stuck, because some guys have been stuck for decades where they are. And they're thinking, nobody will help me, be willing to help me. No, we don't care how long you've been stuck. Just because you are older doesn't make you a man or make you spiritually mature. Age doesn't define your maturity. All age does is show you that you old. <laughs> doesn't mean you're mature. And so you need to be in community where you are growing and not ashamed to say, I don't know this. That's why we have pastors come to us. Now, guess what they're not doing, John, telling their congregation. I would tell my congregation, but they still thinking, wow, but they look up to me so much. So there, we have men with, with no status here. We come in, most of these guys don't know who's a pastor. All they know, we came in for the same reason because we want to do life together. Because we believe that no man, uh, well, let's put it this way. A man is only as strong as the team of other godly men he has around him. All you got to do is think about being on a bench press. 
You can bench press your max on a bench press machine, but you can bench press a lot more if you got spotters on both sides of you. And the thing is, the more spotters you have, the stronger you will become, not in your own strength, by sharing and bearing one another's burdens, because the Holy Spirit works within you and he's put other people around you. And when we say um, doing um, that, what matters the most to men, think about it. I always use the L's so men will never forget this. What's most important to us? One, the Lord. We teach you how to walk and have an uh, uh, intimate personal relationship with the Lord. Two, love. That's your wife and your children and the people around you. We show you how to love others as Christ loved the church. We don't just tell you to do it. We show you how to do it. Labor. God didn't create you by accident. You were created for a purpose, on a purpose, with an assignment. We help you find that assignment using your God-given abilities. Labor. Also, leadership. God expects you to be leading people back to him. Where are you leading people? Everybody's a leader. The question is, where are you leading them? And we teach you how to spiritually lead those who are following you. Lead them back to Christ. And last, but certainly not least, but no people, no, most people don't talk about it, legacy, John. We're not talking about generational wealth. We're talking about generational faith. When God in the Bible talks about Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, he doesn't talk about how rich they were. He was talking about their faith. Abraham is the father of what? Wealth? But he was wealthy. No, Abraham was the father of faith. When he talked about him in Hebrews, he's not talking about the wealth Abraham had, the faith that Abraham had. I don't know if I'm going to see my grandkids or my great-grandkids or my great-great-grandkids, but I want them to hear about my faith by passing down from generation to generation. We show you how to become a generational man, not a situational man that's dictated by your feelings and your flesh. And so we help men win at what matters most. And you can't do it without connection. That's why we call it Real Men Connect. It defines everything that we do. Real men connect with their wives, with their children, with their community, with their church, with their friends, with their colleagues, with their employees, with their subordinates, but most importantly, with their God, with their God. Well, you can connect with Joe at Real Men Connect on the podcast. Listen to it. If you enjoyed listening to Joe here, man, he is, he's on fire. Uh, got some great guests that he brings into the show as well. Uh, and then you've got your, uh, your weekly check-ins as well, the, the shorter one. So you, you can actually get into Joe's quiet times, find out what, what God's teaching them. And then how can they connect with you uh, through your website, Real Connect, realmenconnect.com? Right. That's exactly. And if they go through there, everything they need to know, they can find it, whether it be our social media pages um, and how they can connect with us on social media, because we are on Instagram. Uh, we are on Facebook. And all you got to do is put in Real Men Connect. You'll find us. OK, just on your website before we started here. Great resources, great information. Uh, so go there uh, and listen to Joe's podcast as well. We'll have links in our show notes as well. Dr. Joe Martin, thank you for taking time with us. And you are one enthusiastic dude. <laughs> Could you imagine, John, what I'd be like if my knees weren't hurting today, man? <laughs> yeah, we're not going to tell them the secret of how you hurt your knees, Yeah, don't, Joe. don't tell them that. <laughs> but thank you, John. It's been a pleasure, man. Thank you okay. for having me on the show. Good luck on the pickleball court. Yeah, man. <laughs> Boy, after you hear that interview, don't you just want to meet Dr. Joe Martin, don't you just want to go here and speak somewhere? Uh, well, you can on his podcast, Real Men Connect. It's an excellent podcast. Very, very straightforward. Uh, yeah, it's for men. Real men 
connect. So men, go ahead and tune into that. Ladies, if you want to find out how you can help your husband be a better husband, better man, then you can listen to that too and understand what ticks in the eye in the minds of men these days. Well, the one point, the one thing coming away with this, it's pretty obvious, is man, we got to get our quiet time together, right? We got to have real time with God, deep time, consistent time. We've got to have that relationship built up. We got to get that input from the Lord and from the Word. Because without time with God, your relationship with Him will be will be damaged. Be damaged. So that's the one takeaway. Get your quiet time together. And we exist at Fresh Faith 24-7 to help bring life into your walk with Jesus every day. That's what we're here for, to bring life into it, to help you have that more intimate relationship with Jesus because who you are and what you do emanates from your relationship with God. And we're here to help you in that relationship. The next segment is our question from a listener. And this one is, is pretty deep. It's as straightforward the first one ever in this podcast, because we're only a few episodes in, is this. It comes from Jim. He says, how do you know that you're forgiven of some great sin? I've seen people who cannot get over that they sinned and will not forgive themselves. I'm thinking of adultery, greed, etc. There are a lot of people who could relate to that. I always like to go back to scripture. Because that's the truth. That's the rock. That's a solid foundation for us. And I don't want to be trite and just say, hey, just go back to scripture. And but you got to apply scripture, you got to internalize it, you got to really get into it, believe it. And here's the verse I bring you to, 1 John 1 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's a verse I've committed to memory because I have to keep going back to it. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. It's going right to Jesus, right to the throne of grace, of grace, a forgiving God who forgives us. What I learned when I came to Christ is this, and this is why I went forward in the church that day to commit my life to Jesus. In my mind, this was a thought that was going through. Maybe I was speaking to God, something like this. Lord, if you can accept me for who I am, I can too. All the baggage I brought, all the sin I brought, all of who I was was disappointed in myself. And this imperfect kid, this high school kid walked forward. And I remember saying, if, if God can accept me for who I am, I can too. God loves you. I would tell your friend this, Jim, God loves you. He affirmed that. The reality of Jesus going to the cross and the penalty paid for our sin, how great or how small it might be, the reality of him sacrificing his life. He went to the cross not just as an example, but as a sacrifice. He gave his life because he loved so much. He loved us. For God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son. And he gave his life. He gave his life. And yeah, that initial coming to Christ where we confess our sins and we have new life, 
we don't just go on from there and everything's like an upward trek and into perfection. No, it's up and down. And there's some hard falls. And I think what your friend, I'm not sure whether he's a Christian or not, but believers go through this too, where we just take a hard fall of sin and we're ashamed, we're guilty, and we're asking this question, will God forgive me? Will he accept me? And I keep going back to my conversion. Lord, if if you accept me for who I am, I can too. And he continues to do that because the promise of 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. And the rest of it is this, and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Our sins washed white as snow, a fresh start. If God can forgive you, then you can forgive yourself. I know that's easier said than practiced. Yeah, you could say, I believe God forgives me, but I just can't forgive myself. And man, as you spend more time with Jesus and really understand his love and experience his forgiveness, you forgiving yourself, that will happen. But it may take time. It's not going to be instantaneous, most likely. But Scripture, the truth of Scripture versus feelings, that's what I come to. The feeling that I'm not accepted, the feeling that I can't forgive myself, the feeling that my sin is too great to be forgiven, the feeling that I just can't get over it and it keeps haunting me, the feelings versus the promise of Scripture that God has forgiven you. Take a look at 1 John 1, 9. You may have to write that down and keep it with you on a card. Um, put it on your phone. Uh, if you got a, a paper Bible, bookmark it and keep going back to that and believing that truth. So the first step is, is to confess. Confess your sin. And what that does, it affirms what's already true, that, that God has forgiven you. You're forgiven when you came to Christ. You're forgiven for all sins past and all sins future. But when we confess our sins, we acknowledge that God has forgiven us. There's something about that that frees us up and we experience the forgiveness of Jesus. And then there's another thing that really will help is to repent. In other words, turn the other direction. Turn away from that sin, walk in the other direction toward God. So turning away from that sin and walking towards God. That's what I would say in answer to your question, Jim, and hopefully that's helpful to you. Well, let's talk. Do you have a question about walking in intimacy with Jesus? Maybe something spurred you as you listened to the interview with Dr. Joe Martin, and you're, you're thinking, and you, and you got a question about that, or a comment Maybe yeah, there's an amen to what Joe had to say. I'd like to hear what you're thinking, whether it be a question or comment or affirmation or even a complaint. Yeah. Our theme this month is on faith. And perhaps God is, is really moving in your, your heart and life in the area of faith. And what is God teaching about faith? What are you going through in a faith walk experience? So these things, uh, whether it's a question, a comment, whether it's generally about intimacy with, with Christ, whether it's something you heard in this episode, Go ahead and email me at john at freshfaith247.com or you can tweet me at John Fugler, J-O-N-F-U-G-L-E-R, at John Fugler. 
Wow, what an episode. This will, there's nothing light about this episode except those uh, those 10 <laughs> resolutions for Christians, which, by the way, we could never hold up to. We, <laughs> we can't, but at least it's a nice thought. Just a final word. You might have good intentions to make changes in your relationship with Christ this year, but good intentions don't get it done. I think that message came through real strongly today. At Fresh Faith 24-7, you've got a community of believers who will keep you accountable. Go to FreshFaith247.com. Join our community. Become a member. It's free. That's also where you go to download your free copy of the 21-Day Fresh Faith Experience. A new year, new tools and resources for you. Take advantage of them. FreshFaith247.com. Well, Happy New Year. Walk with Jesus. Remember the words of the Apostle Paul. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. I'll talk to you next week.